a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Uh, Angus, thank you for joining me on Talking Energy. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up being in the energy sector. Yeah, so um, I uh, was in the telco sector for quite a long time. I uh, worked for companies like BT, Vodafone, Cable Wireless, as was. Um, I was, uh, until I joined DCC, running uh, Vodafone's global product unit. So we were designing a range of different products from security products to network products. Um, and the uh, usual thing, I had had a knock on my door and said, we've got this amazing organization called DCC. Uh, are you interested? Uh, and um, I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated. Uh, and when I got to understand it more, I thought, I, this is a job I really want. And what really triggered it for me was, um, first off, we're, we're digitizing a nation. Mm -hmm. We're taking that last analog technology and digitizing it. Mm -hmm. Second thing is, not only are we digitizing a nation, but that capability is designed for and licensed to deliver innovation particularly around decarbonisation and social good. And I thought, wow, what, how often do you get a chance to join a programme mm -hmm. that is doing such a profound change <clears throat> to society? But you, you're from tel telecoms, mm. right? Now, telecoms, I don't know what your background was. Were you yeah. in marketing? Were you an engineer? How did you get into telecoms? I, I had a range of jobs. So uh, I did customer services, right. product design, uh, commercial. Um, so And I worked in regulated and unregulated space. So particularly in BT, I was in the regulated divisions. Okay. So if you look at telecoms, in IT, telecoms, and put the two together, yeah. they're really seen as very fast moving. Yes. Very kind of reactive and yes. also very smart, you, you know, using that term, yeah. years ago, of knowing what the customer might yeah. want, right? So offering phone, then text came, and then bundles mm. came, and all of that. Um, why would you move from such an innovative industry to, frankly, the bunch of dinosaurs that we are in energy? Because we're, <laughs> we are having this big thing of moving from analog to digital. Why would you leave something that was so cutting edge? Well, um, you, you've got to go back and think about technology. So often we um, look at technology and forget some of the history, right? So if you remember broadband. Yeah. Right? In the early days of broadband, oh, it was awful. Dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now look at what we're doing with the internet. Mm. Smartphones, remember the early phones? Yeah. You know, they were clunky, they you know, gave you a headache. Yeah, uh, and look at what we do with a smartphone today. So what I recognized was, we, DCC's customers, who are the retailers, the distribution network organizations, we are on this transformation journey. And that, sure, the first bit of it is hard work. We've got to persuade the whole of the UK to uh, take a smart meter, and we're digitizing this whole ecosystem. But once we've done that, boy, will it be as profound as smartphones. So you, that, that was something that attracted you to take the phone? Hugely. Yeah. This, this thing. Okay, so let's take where we are. So. Uh, for the viewers, explain who DCC are, yeah. how it came about, who owns you, the basics. So DCC is a licensed monopoly. Uh, we're a limited company. Um, the license was awarded to Capita. Capita are our single shareholder. Yeah. Um, we are run at arm's length by Capita, so we have an independent board. Um, they have a representation on the board because they're our shareholder. Mm -hmm. um, but our accounts, if you like, are separate. Um, so structurally... Do you take funding from capital? No, no, we no, don't. No, we don't. Okay. So structurally, we are set, set up to be arm's length. Right. Uh, we have the benefit of being part of the capita family, um, so we can reach into capita for stuff that DCC is probably too small to, mm -hmm. to need. 
Um, and then we also buy services from capita where it's cost effective to do so, you know, et cetera. And who are you funded by? So we are funded by our customers, and our customers are, as I said, are the, the retailers and the distribution network organizations. So we submit uh, our budgets, uh, our, uh, and therefore Ofgem review them uh, in a sort of post-review situation, and they will allow costs or disallow costs. Um, and it's quite a common model for a regulated entity, for a monopoly. Mm. Uh, and Ofgem are looking to see, uh, did we spend the money wisely? Are we cost effective? Are we efficient? And so the ethos of this was set probably nearly a decade ago now, when we realised that we are going to change yeah. our energy from being coal to being low carbon renewable. And the other thing that I suppose really came about was with electricity market reform and the, the idea that we're going to move to a more deregulated way of, of, of producing energy where yeah. you and I maybe have solar panels or wind turbines or whatever. We, we have to, we start to become these the terrible, word, I hate the word prosumer, but we do it. Do you think that the idea of the smart meter, because let's face it, the technology behind it isn't that innovative. It's been around in other parts of industry. But did you see that there, there was the government was on the right track to say, actually, that point where it comes into our home, we need to be able to accurately measure it. And that has to be through something now, not analogue, but digital. Could you see a fundamental uh, belief in that reasoning? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, you know, government uh, got it right. And you've got to remember this started... Which people don't say very often. Well, they don't. And often, no, you've got, and, you've got to you know, government right. get criticised for big yeah. infrastructure projects. But you've got to remember, this started under Labour, yeah. went through the coalition. Yes is now under the Conservatives. I think all parties support it. I think we all agree that uh, the first step in decarbonisation is digitising the energy mm. system. If we digitise that, then we can move to intelligent energy consumption. If we move to intelligent energy consumption, then we can really decarbonise. Now, you're right, the technology's not uh, breaking edge. It's, yeah. it's, it's cellular technology, sure. which we're all used to. Yeah. Um, it's highly secure, it's very secure, um, but it is designed for scale. I mean, this is the thing, you know, we, we do 30 installs a minute, you know, uh, we carry billions of messages across the network. Um, and by accurately reading your meter, it allows us to move to that next step. Now, that next step may be electric vehicles. Uh, and when you move into a more demand-driven consumption model, then you actually say, okay, well, I need to be able to um, buy on demand, pay on demand. Um, when you start looking at technology unlocking the connected home, you know, I don't know if your fridge, for example, will start to say, look, I don't need to be on all night. I know, I, I know when, you know, we, we know from the technology world that the connected home is big. So I absolutely could see a world where your white goods will consume energy. Yes in a green way. The vision, I think, everyone would agree is a good vision. You know what's coming next, the realities. <laughs> so it seems to have been one of these ideas that government thought up was good, got in, people would say, the private sector to run it, and then there's been a bit of a pig's ear. The first generation of smart meters that when you change suppliers didn't work. The fact the rollout has been put back again and again. What do you see has led to these things that 
I think it's fair to say, have given the public some reticence or maybe have, uh, taken down some of the trust of, of this whole smart meter innovation. I don't want to use the word blame, but wh where do you see the pitfalls that have happened? So I think, look, like all these things, everyone, everyone's got an opinion. And everyone goes, oh, I wouldn't dial it like that. I wouldn't start here. But the things we tend to forget, right? First off, every country in the world is rolling out smart meters, right? There's 500 million in China. Right. But the UK is different. And why is the UK different? First off, we have dual fuel. We love gas and electricity. Mm -hmm. Second is the UK arguably is the most... Uh, competitive market in the world. So the relationship with the consumer is with the retailer. Mm. The third difference is us Brits have the meters inside our homes. Right. Yeah. You go to Spain, you go to China, you go to Italy, right. they're all outside yeah, the Yeah, yeah, it's part of our houses. Yeah, and they have very little mains gas. Yeah. And like all Brits, you know, it's my castle. Have, have you, exactly. Have you got a smart meter? Yeah. And I'll, but I'll tell you my story in a minute. But, but, but that so, whole point is that you know, is, was it too big a challenge to look at where we are? No, not at all. So here's the challenge, right? So government quite rightly said, look, the way to do it is retail-led because we've got to persuade consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think they were right not to try and make it mandatory day one, persuade consumers, okay? okay? Now, the, the, the other challenge you've got is, okay, we're going to set this new company up from scratch mm -hmm. and it's going to roll out this new capability. Mm -hmm. But a lot of our customers, a lot of DCC customers said, you know what, we're ready to go now. Can we go with the first generation? Mm -hmm. And I think government are right to do that. Now, okay, there's no question that the DCC uh, was late uh, and there was a bigger base of uh, first generations than was anticipated. We're now on time, we're now on track. Um, you know, we have uh, cut over and are cutting over the first generation meters into our systems to unlock interoperability and upgrade them. But now, wasn't that a mistake? You shouldn't have noted, you, obviously you said you're funded by the energy companies. Shouldn't you have said, guys, can you make sure, let's put it, they're all on a, all on a USB, the simple thing. They should all be able to be swapped. But that wasn't built in from the beginning for Smith's one, was it? You, you, look, you have to ask the retailers on that. What we're focused on is unlocking uh, that first generation base. Uh, and we will, we're on track with that program, uh, therefore, consumers mm -hmm. will be able to become interoperable uh, as we roll them over into the program. The thing we, we must remember is not the starting point, but the end point. Okay. So, uh, so no, I get it, and I do get the positivity. Yeah. I'll give you my example. So this is probably yeah. not dissimilar. I thought I'll get one, I changed yeah. supplier, and they, first of all, they had to fly someone from Scotland. It was uh, a Scottish right. power company. I won't say which one, <laughs> but you probably guess. There's only probably two. Um, and, they said, and the guy said to me, oh, I've flown in. Uh, and I'm here just for doing a few installs in London. I'm like, okay. Then he came to my house and he said, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn off the power and all of that, which is all great. I live in a maisonette, okay? So I have, it's a purpose-built maisonette. But this is a problem in London, that when these houses were built, there's mains comes into one flat and then channels off to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for him to put the smart meter in, he said... Oh, we have a real problem in London and in other parts of the, the country where I need to turn off the people's power upstairs, yeah. but your neighbour's not in. So how do you do it? That meant I didn't get my smart yeah. meter. And that's quite a common thing. People in flats and maisonettes, unless they're new builds where it's all downstairs. Yeah. How do you get around the practicalities that actually 
you can't get a smart meter into a lot of housing stock in this country. Yeah, so there are challenges and there are programmes to address the challenges. Um, a common challenge in flats, for example, is the distance between the electricity meter and the gas meter. Yeah. Uh, and that's a product that we're rolling out this year called, called dual band. It's, um, it's basically make stronger signal so it connects it. Um, the other aspect is there are some houses that are actually beyond the, the signal. So mm. we're looking at technologies to you know, get the greater reach. If you remember with broadband and rollout of broadband, you know, you know, when you get to flats, buildings, homes, there are always challenges. Now, DCC is determined to close off what we call the last 1%. Uh, in London, for example, there's an issue that on new builds and some of those buildings, the communications um, section uh, have so many meters crammed in that they can't fit the new ones. Yeah. So we're looking at reduced height meters, you know. So look, when you digitize a whole nation, you're going to have yeah. these problems. And you know, personally, technology will solve it. Yeah. Um, but these did, are now. I, I, it's, it happens. It hasn't happened. So gonna, I'll get you. Right. You're going to have. Right. If you can do that, then I'll be very impressed <laughs> because I think that is a problem. Because it's not a problem you couldn't do it, but. He, I've got to have my neighbour in. So these are the weird ancillary product sure, issues. Sure, but it's no different. So look, my telco days and BT, yes. oh, it's no different from... Same thing, people are digging out the line. It's just, you know, you are... Um, yeah, as a society, mm. the UK has rested on Victorian infrastructure yes, for a long time. And, and we are now facing one of the biggest challenges globally. Mm. We do not get to net zero. You know, this is one planet. We have yeah, no course. safety net. Yeah. So we've got to digitise, and if you're digitising old infrastructure that hasn't been touched for a you long time, you get problems. Let's move on to where we are now, and uh, you've got the, the target has moved back to 2024, I think. Realistically, what do you think will have happened by 2024? Give me a percentage of this country you think will have smart meters. 40%, 50%? I roughly, I won't hold you to it. I just want to get an idea of what you, the man who's running DCC, thinks is realistic in the next four years? I think it's realistic to get 30 million homes. I genuinely do. In terms of being able, you know, in terms of engineering capacity, mm -hmm. uh, the products that are coming out, I think it's realistic. I think the challenge for my customers is persuading the last percentage mm. to take time off work mm -hmm. and have an install. Mm. You know, you, in any technology space, you know, you get the early adopters, yeah. the middle adopters, and the late adopters. So I, I think the challenge is less about engineering capacity, if you like. I think that's there. I, I think my, my customers, the retailers, are busting a gut. They are really working incredibly hard to get everyone into this. I think the, the challenge will be the last percentage that, you know, why should I have a smart meter? And that's where I think innovation and decarbonisation is the key. Do you think that the, uh, the, the smart meter itself has resonated with the public? You've put a big campaign out for, for several years now. It's, people see the adverts. Don't really see people going, yeah, I really want one. It's a kind of, uh, whatever. It's changing. And, okay. I, and I think if you look at the initial marketing, the initial marketing was smart meter because you save money. I think. But, well, sorry to interrupt, but you're from telecoms. Yeah. People wanted different phones. You had new generation. There's not that sexiness with energy that, that you know, yeah. that, that's the problem, isn't it? That people go, well, my bill works. I get a meter or I read it. So why do I need a smart? How do you change that mindset? You would be amazed in telco land about, uh, for example, whole sections of society that don't see the relevance of the internet. 
Um, so it's all about relevance to the consumers. Mm. And, I, and I think, you know, in the early days, look, there's what, 14 million meters out at the moment, maybe a bit more. So clearly there was a bunch of people who said, yeah, okay, you know, like myself, I want yeah. one, yeah. I can control my spend, that's good. What we're talking about now is, no, no, this is not just about spend, it's about a platform for decarbonization to do clever things. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a smart meter, I'm now knocking my old garage down, mm -hmm. putting a new one in so I can put solar panels on so yeah. I can get an EV. I can do that because I've got a smart meter, because it's digitized now. Mm -hmm. So I think as more and more applications come through and innovation come through and clever marketing packages from Ovo, Octopus, Centrica, etc. that are coming out, yeah. Scottish Power, you know, you'll go, yeah, that's what I want. Um, next generation switching, for example. Mm. That will make consumers go, oh, it's really easy to switch. Mm. Built into that program that we're delivering is what we call machine-to-machine -machine switching, where technology starts to do it for you. So I think it's that, that bow wave of relevance and applications that will get all consumers over the line. With the, the technology, obviously, comes a different risk. So you touched on it briefly, you said security. How confident are you that you are building things that are going to be protected? Our data is now our, our, our finance. Yeah. Our, our money is actually data now. Yeah. You know, I don't have a bank account. I've got ones and zeros. It tells me I've got nothing in there anyway. But that's all data. You're, you know, you as a consumer, you and I, become very valuable when people have more data on us, how we use it, what we're buying, if our fridge is open, closed, where we drive. So how are you going to convince us that you, running this massive digitization program, you're going to put cybersecurity and you're, you're confident that it's secure now? So I'm very confident on our security, but I am also absolutely aware of the risk and vigilant. Mm. It's one of these things, you never ever get complacent. Mm. So very confidence in the technology. Why my confidence? Because we work very closely with government agencies. This is designed and, and tested and supported mm. by arguably the world's best in cybersecurity. Right. Now, we also are unbelievably aware and alert. I have my own security operations center. Right. Um, we monitor end to end. Um, because the potential for fraud with these things is incredible, isn't it? Correct. And uh, look, cyber is a reality. You mm. know, cyber security is a reality. Cyber threats are reality. Um, you know, the potential for fraud, for malicious activity, etc. So you always have to be uber, uber aware uh, and alert. But I'm very confident of the technology. What do you think will be the thing that triggers behaviour change that smart meters can do? You say you've got one. We know we were on the pathway to net zero. And people, let's live in the real world. You know, let's not live on the extremes where we're all going to just live in TPs and things. We still got to go out. We still yeah. got to shop. We've got to pick up yeah. the kids. We want to yeah. go on holiday. We've got to turn the heating yeah. on. What do you think smart meters can do to try and just make us aware of our own footprints? What, what's it done for you, for example? So, and you expect me to say this from my background, but I'm utterly convinced yes. that we will look back, whether it's five years, 10 years, and look at the smart technology, mm. and it will be as profound as smartphones. And I'm convinced of that because as, you know, as human beings, we created this carbon issue. Yes. Technology will fix it. Yeah. So what do we know as human beings? We're relatively lazy. We're not yes. good at switching stuff yeah, off. We're absolutely. not good at, you know. Yeah. What is technology? It's really good at it. Mm. And I'm utterly convinced that as we digitize, technology will come in. Now, what's the motivation? 
you know, I think decarbonisation, net zero, is a big motivation. Mm. I really do. I know my mm. own kids give me a hard yeah, time. Course, yeah. uh, I think you know we are becoming acutely aware as a society, and therefore technology follows that. Technology will come in and say, okay, I, I can I can make you consume less. You know, when you're not, it's already here. I mean, look at some of the products like Hive and others. Yeah. You know, if you're not in the room, we'll switch it off. Mm. Um, you know, we'll get into kind of time of day usage. You know. Um, uh, battery storage, mm. uh, micro-generation, um, you know, I'm utterly convinced that, uh, you know, you're going to drive to the airport because you've got a major interview in Japan and your car's going to plug itself in the airport mm. and it's going to go, right, I'm 80% charged, I'm going to trade some of that charge, uh, then it knows when you're landing, it's going to charge up 20%. Yeah, so le le the autonomous world will link with our homes. Digitization does create innovation without a fact, without, yeah. without a doubt. So. One thing that will obviously you'll be acutely aware is that as we do all of this, there is a cost to this. There's a cost to the consumer. There's also a cost to the planet in terms of what we're putting in these meters, yep. the, the carbon footprint of the meters yep. themselves. It's not a, a harsh question because I, I, I know you're probably looking at it, but what are you thinking about doing in terms of how you try and make the material you actually put in our houses as sustainable as you can. And we all accept there will be elements of it that we can't be as sustainable as we wish to be. It's a really good question because we, uh, at my management team, yes. we're looking at our own carbon footprint. Of course, yeah, of and course. it's about, what, 473 tonnes, so not big. But we're utterly committed to saying, okay, we've got to reduce our own footprint, mm. but also with our suppliers. Yeah, what goes in the machine. Correct, Absolutely, correct. Yeah. So increasingly, we're talking to our suppliers about what's your decarbonisation plan, mm -hmm. uh, how sustainable are your products, um, how sustainable is your manufacturing techniques. Because you're right, it, it, you know, it, it, you've, got to, you've got to attack it at all levels. Yeah, it's a funny thing because you look at it, this will help you save energy, but then when it comes to the end of its life, how do you get rid of it? What's, yeah. what's it got in it that might be toxic yeah. or bad for the environment or needs all recyclable? Correct, exactly right. And all those things, you know, um, is a constant. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly looking at our suppliers and going, okay, so uh, for the next product, you know, you use plastics, okay, and what, how do you manufacture those plastics? You know, what is the recycling aspect of those plastics, etc. Is it hard for you to have a conversation where you've got this funny dual role, which is you're, you're working on behalf of the retailers, yeah. but you also kind of kind of be a critical friend to them and say, guys, you need to do this. Do they listen to you? How, what's your relationship? <laughs> you have to ask them if they listen to <laughs> um, I, you. Know, I, I think we've got a great relationship with, with our customers. Um, you know, a tremendous respect for them and, and what they do. Um, I think uh, when things don't go well, I think we have a, a really good working relationship to fix them. Um, I'm acutely aware that I'm a monopoly mm -hmm. and I'm taking their money and spending mm. it. So we're always very keen to improve transparency of spend, um, you know, make it clear how efficient we're spending. Um, so I think the relationship is, is very, very good. Um, I think, you know, when you're a monopoly, you have to learn and be good at working across government requirements, industry requirements, uh, and be respectful of, of how you're spending that money. Finally, let's get to where we're heading to. We're heading to a world where the government has set a target, business is trying to come together. Um, should we be stronger? Should we force all of us to have a smart meter? Should it be mandatory? Gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, that, look, that's a policy decision, mm. and it's, it's not really for me to say. I mean, you know, personally, I want everyone to have a smart meter. Yeah. Um, 
I think what's really interesting... And I, and I get where you're coming from, because I'm not a big believer in forcing people either. But sometimes, if you do make it mandatory, you know, the day they switched off analogue TV, we yeah. all had to get digital. Yeah. It, in a way, it might help make your job a bit easier. Sure, but so but you need to ask the policy makers, because mm. they, will, they will tell you, well, the pros and cons. I will. You know, um, I, I think what I'm, what I'm really encouraged by, if you look at uh, Jonathan, um, new CEO of Jonathan Ofgen, Brilli, yeah. His, uh, his paper on decarbonisation, you know, he talked about, and I was really impressed about this, you know, the need for using the data for innovation, yeah. uh, the need for making it very accessible. If you look at Energy UK's blueprint, yeah. again, it talks about, look, you know, everyone needs to get a smart meter because, you know, of what we can do in that mm. space. So, uh, and again, a big theme on decarbonisation. So, Ask the policymakers, but I want everyone to have one. <laughs> and finally, if you look at where we are going, are you? It's been obviously a bit of a, a bumpy road. How how do you feel over the next two to three years? Are you feeling positive? We're now going to start to see this rollout happen. We're going to be able to use it to to better our lives. And and how confident are you you're going to make you know make this transition work for us because at the end of the day it's about you and me yeah yeah our families yeah. you know our kids yeah. our, our parents yeah so i'm really confident why because i'm doing 30 odd installs a minute mm. you know we're at whatever three and a half 3.7 million smets uh, uh, second generation meters mm -hmm. <coughs> you were cutting over uh, in thousands the uh, the first generation meters um you know we're carrying billions of message so we know it works uh, and momentum is, is continuing. So I'm very confident it'll work. Second thing is, you know, we're already talking to our existing customers and potentially new customers on really clever innovation. I mean, lots of people are knocking on our doors in our Manchester test labs to say, oh, we could do clever things. Mm. Uh, and I'm really excited about that. You know, we haven't even launched the products yet uh, in that space. And yet, you know, existing customers are talking just about clever ideas. So I'm hugely confident. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.